Marketing for audiovisual companies is essential. You need to encourage your current customers that doing business with you is a good idea. And you need to capture the attention of new prospects. Today on AV Social, we'll talk about best practices for marketing your firm in today's marketplace. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Social number 55. What's the why? Support for AV Nation is brought to you by... Sure. Sound extraordinary. Hi, everyone. I'm Dawn Mead, one of your hosts here on AV Social, and welcome to February's edition of the AV Social podcast. Today, we're going to be going back to basics a little bit and looking at just some basic marketing ideas. Marketing for audiovisual companies is essential to encouraging current customers to do business with you and letting them know doing business with you is a good idea. It's also essential for capturing the attention of new prospects. Today on AV Social, we're going to talk about the best practices for marketing your firm in our marketplace. Joining me as usual is my lovely co-host, Miss Kelly Perkins of Kelly Perkins Consulting and NSCA's Ignite Board. Hi, Kelly. Hello. How are you doing, Don? Very good, thanks. And who else do we have with us today, Kelly? We have Miss Sarah Reisner with Conference Technologies. Welcome, Sarah. We also have um, one of our regulars, Abby Wolf with Corey's AV. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And we also have Jeff Hayward with Wildwood PR. We have a pretty hefty group of people today, so excited. Welcome, everybody. Uh, just to get things started, um, as I said, it's kind of a back-to-basics show. If you've watched us or listened to us for a while, we've probably talked about some of these concepts, but it's always good to get new perspectives and see how the marketing world has evolved, and it does evolve quite frequently these days. Um, so just starting right at the beginning, how do you set attainable goals for your organization regarding marketing? Um, Let's say, Sarah, you know, what's something that AV companies can look at for setting attainable goals? Sure. Well, our goals, I would say, start at the strategic level where it's the company's goals, um, our long-term growth, our verticals that we feel like have more opportunity. And then we kind of backdoor that into a marketing plan for those topics. So I'd say it um, follows the umbrella of the company goal. And then we just work with getting the team to buy in getting their participation in the process, always knowing that we need flexibility. Uh, marketing is a big experiment, and as you said, is constantly evolving. So uh, adapting is, is the name of the game in marketing. Okay. Let's stick with the integrators here for a second and go to Abby. Um, within your organization, what, how do you set attainable goals? Yeah, so I, I'm with Sarah on that. I think it's backing into your strategy, kind of starting from the high level and going working your way down. Um, but if your company is not one of those that has a long-term vision or strategy, um, then I think looking at data and trends in that is, and, and being able to see kind of the growth or not growth that you're experiencing um, helps you trend for the next year to see where you want to improve in those numbers. Right. Good. Um, Jeff, you're with Wildwood PR. When you're dealing with customers or coming into a new situation, new organization, how do you work with them to set attainable goals? 
I think it's uh, it reflects a lot of what Sarah was saying. You know, you've got to set the business goals first, and then marketing flows from the business goals. Um, our, our perspective is slightly different. We do PR for both Cedia and Avixa in EMEA, so we understand a lot of the integrator uh, kind of mentality in terms of how they set goals. But we also work for brands as well, and. For those brands, I think it's a slightly different sale. I mean, a lot of them are looking to sell to the integrators first, whereas integrators are looking to sell to end users, whether that be uh, the AV consultant at, a, at an end user brand in the commercial space or education space, or whether it's uh, the interior designer or the architect in the residential space. So I think, I think it's about understanding your business first and foremost. That's the critical thing you know where do you want to go what where are your business targets what have you identified and then working back from that looking at the marketing strategy and the challenge i think with marketing in the old days i mean we've been going for 25 years right when we started doing pr you had really four or five things you could do now you've got four or five thousand things you can do with marketing and i think the budgets that brands have and the budgets that integrators probably want to put to marketing um, on getting no bigger. So you either look at spreading your uh, investment much more thinly or focusing on two or three areas that you can do really well. And I, I think that's, that's always been the challenge for the last three or four years. That's almost like, where do you start? Right. right? identifying the business goals but once you've done that how do you kick it off where do you begin yeah how do you get started <laughs> and and that's actually a good segue into you know where these days i mean it's 2020 now it's a whole new decade a whole new uh era so we'd like to think <laughs> where do we find the biggest return on our marketing investment these days i mean is it, is it in seo is it in social media ad buys is there any space for traditional techniques i mean what what seems to be the best return on investment for somebody who does as as jeff said have a very small or at least not growing marketing budget to work with anyone want to jump in on that i will i think that it all kind of depends there's not a one size fits all I think approach for your best bang for your buck. Um, I think it all depends on the target that you're trying to reach. Um, now for us, we've seen great, great success with SEO. We've seen great success in some digital ads, especially retargeting ads um, that we're continuing on, but that's because that's where our targets are and that's where they want to receive the message. So I, I feel like that's a really hard question to answer um, given that, so there's so many verticals. There's so many different specific targets in our in our industry, and um, they are all kind of different. Sarah or Jeff, uh, what do you guys think on that? I completely agree with Abby. I think it's going where your market is, knowing your target, and I'd say it's getting closer to the customer uh, as much as you can. If that's you know having events, having lunch, having golf, just hanging out um, and learning more about their needs in their business. And how we can complement that through solutions. Right. Jeff? Yeah, just to add to that, I think we're in an era where you can actually measure marketing and marketing effectiveness much better than you used to be able to, certainly with all the digital tools that you've got now. And I know we'll probably come on to talking about social media and the returns you can get and engagement measures. And SEO, you know, you can measure the traffic to your, your website, which is, you know, the 
the common brochure today that uh, was completely unmeasurable in years gone by. So um, on the one hand, you have a lot more in terms of digital metrics to help you see what's working and what isn't working. On the other, I totally agree with what uh, the guys were saying just now. You need to build relationships with your customers. You need to understand. You need to empathize. You need to be at those events. You need to be interacting and networking with them because you cannot do it all from behind a desk. Those are great points. And I think that this is um, something to keep in mind. You know, we always talk in, in the large corporate world about SMART goals, you know, uh, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. And we get some of that from social, but we don't always. And there, there is a place, especially for old school relationship marketing, face-to-face -face interactions. The more digital we get, the more we also want to shake someone's hand and, and not just be a bunch of ones and zeros floating through cyberspace. Um, uh, uh, can I just add to that? I think, I think that's, that's really good. What you, what you have today is um, you have a brand but a brand is not something that exists digitally. It's, it's uh, people buy through an emotional attachment to a brand and you've got to be able to forge that emotional connection with your customer to persuade them to buy. Right. One of my favorite moments is whenever you finally get to interface with your target and they say, oh, I saw, I always see you online. <laughs> yes, I got this, you know, because it's the perfect beach softener, if you will, um, to actually gaining credibility before walking into that. But it's not the only thing that you should be doing to, to attach yourself to this customer and to learn about the customer. Right. Although that, that is funny, uh, Abby, because it brings up one of the reasons AV Nation founded those tweet ups all those many years ago was we, we've gotten to the point where we know each other by hashtags and by uh, usernames and things like that, that occasionally, you know, when we finally see each other in person, oh my God, AV Dawn, oh my God, you know, TD Albright or whatever your, your handle is. Um, I, I, you know, I, I remember all the AV first names and that sort of thing coming out um, and the company names, you know, Chief underscore whoever, or that sort of thing. Not, not to just call out Chief, but um, yeah, it, it's, it's, the more we rely on the digital tools, the more we also need to rely on face-to-face, -face um, which you know, brings us to what old techniques have made the transition to the digital age successfully and which ones haven't but should be forgotten or maybe shouldn't be forgotten. Um, you know, it's kind of deep questions there, but some folks that are watching and listening may be from the old, old school of marketing, and some might be the shiny new marketing graduates that just got hired and know all the modern techniques, but maybe not, don't know the old uh, tried and trues. Who'd like to jump in on that? I mean, I, I think, I was going to say too, sorry, Abby, I think um, just kind of reiterating what, what Sarah and Abby and these guys have said is just you know, you can have digital and social and all of these avenues and tactics to, to go about getting in front of your people, but, you know, kind of going back to the basics of having a strategy for it, you know, instead of just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks and bombarding people with content and images and videos and everything, just kind of going back to the basics of having a strategy and making sure you know your audience and you know, the demographics and putting together those personas of folks that you're trying to get in front of. 
Right. I think, I think just, it, just to add, if I could just add to that, I think you need to understand your brand. You know, it's not about the products you sell. It's about what you want people to feel about you. Where, where is it that you want that, um, that relationship to that connection to be made and on what terms, because everything that you do in marketing needs to support that brand identity. Right. I think gone are the days of selling widgets. You know, we're, we're, we all sell things at a price point that we can no longer just sell a widget. Mm -hmm. It's about, it's about creating the bond, creating credibility and really delivering on what makes somebody else's job easier. Um, if I think that's the biggest change I've seen, um, is that we're no longer selling widgets, you know, we're selling feelings. Right. And it's hard in the technology industry because a lot of the companies that we work with, at least on the manufacturing side, I feel like one well, on the integration side too, is we're, a lot of companies are very engineering driven, right? So it makes it a little bit more difficult to get that transition or that shift to, you know, thinking more about the brand and coming at it from a different angle than just, like you said, like widgets or our technology is better for this reason. Yeah. Our industry loves our gray and black boxes. We just love showing them and pushing them and selling them. <laughs> I love telling my employees though, like when they tell me about something really cool, like we should be selling this, we should be pushing this. I'm like, but why? Mm -hmm. And then ask them again, but why after they answer that? And I think that that really gets you to, to the feelings, you know, it's like, why is that important? Okay. Now why is that important? Yeah. Well, that, that's what we're talking about. Uh, speaking as a, as an end user now, formerly an integrator, it's like, well, that's great. I love your shiny new gray box with all the lights and the buttons. What problem does it solve? What does it do for me? Why do I care about this black box versus the one two booths over at the trade show? You know, what, what's the point? It, it, as everybody said, what's the why? Uh, Sarah, anything to add on this? You got a little quiet over there? Yeah, no, I think you guys hit everything. I think the other thing we are talking to different um, buyers, if you will. You're talking more to um, IT. You're talking um, more to people who are needing to solve a problem really fast uh, for someone else. And they are just relying on you to deliver on those promises and um, trust that you're the right person. So it's, I, I would say that we just keep, keep um, talking to the right people and keeping that connection growing. Right. So basically it sounds like the biggest old techniques, so to speak, are, you know, make sure we know our buying personas. If you don't know what a buying persona is, Google it or go through some of our old shows, um, you know, and, and make sure you're targeting to the right crowd in the right places and build a real connection with them. It, make sure we answer the why. Make sure we answer the why. I think um, that we, we talk a lot, sorry to interrupt, I think we talk a lot about experiences in the AV industry. Every brand, every integrator needs to remember that the experience starts with how they approach a customer, how they sell to a customer, even before they deliver an experience or product or whatever that might be that, that creates that experience. The experience starts with that initial contact. And how do you relate to people? Absolutely. So one thing that uh, one word that I've heard come up several times throughout this podcast is, is the idea of brand. And uh, uh, Jeff Bezos is widely quoted as saying, your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's that whole idea of, of reputation, of, of, of what you bring to the table. Uh, it's more than just what color and what font you're using on your ads. 
Um, so, you know, let's talk a little bit about brand. What, what are some steps that we take in establishing a brand identity? Obviously, colors and fonts and so on. But you know, w- what do we need to do as integrators, as manufacturers, as even end users to sort of establish that identity? This is my very favorite subject, um, mostly because I, I live for branding. Um, and where we started, we're a really old company. We're 68 years old at this point. And we did not have any brand values. We didn't have the foundation in which a brand sits. And so we had to do some deep, had to have some deep conversations about what is the future of this business? What, why do we love this business? Why do our customers love this business? And what do we build on for the future to ensure that we have the values necessary for growth and for new markets and all kinds of fun stuff that we want to do. So that's really your first step is to to discover a little bit about your true identity inside. So less about colors and visuals, more about the soul of the company. Um, And then from there, you can kind of build to match your target audience and those brand values and how it all kind of lines up. But I think it's really important to reiterate what we were just talking about in the fact that your brand, I mean, you have control of whatever you're putting out there, right? You you can control all these different aspects, but really a brand is what people are picking up from that. And so we love to say that, you know, we've got our brand under control, but you have seven to nine impressions before somebody makes up their mind about you. And those impressions are anything from an ad, a tweet, a phone call, an email, And so it's really easy to lose that. And I think that if your soul is right, if your foundation and your values are right, then you can always go back to those, you know, as a, as a post, if you will. Right. Um, Sarah, how about with uh, conference technologies? I I can completely agree. I think that goes back to learning your values and then listening to the customer um, and finding out, what they need and then telling the stories about how we have helped customers delivering on those promises. Um, because like you said, your brand is what they say about you. So understanding, um, their needs, how we can deliver and meet those expectations really keeps that alignment with your values. Right. Jeff, I know you probably have something to say about this since the first thing when the brand value proposition sort of fails is people call the PR company. Oh my goodness. We (laughs) need help. Sure. I think um, I think there are lots of businesses, lots of businesses out there that are very good at uh, understanding what they sell and maybe how they sell it. I think there are um, far too many businesses that don't really get why they're actually doing what they do. It goes back to that point that having um, made earlier, and I think that is the the start point for many people. Um, why why are you doing what you're doing and and that helps you understand what it is that's special about your business that can then filter into the brand and the values and everything else but unless you know the why and why you're doing what you're doing I, I think it's impossible to actually understand what your brand is at all about um and i think that's absolutely a start point of values and everything else so really key to that and i would say that you could probably form a shopping list of values for every company about 20 brand values long, but actually try and focus on about three or four really critical ones because then it's about getting everybody in your organization to buy into those. And unless you've got three or four simple things that, that make you stand out that everybody buys into in your organization, it's very difficult to get people on board if it's too complicated for them. 
you have to sell it internally before you sell it externally. Right. The buy-in is always important. Um, Kelly, now, now that you're consulting again or, or consulting for the first time, you know, uh, you're probably going to be digging in with some of your customers on these topics. Um, you know, what would you take as a first step for trying to establish a brand identity with a struggling company or, or a new company? I think it's just echoing what, what everybody else has kind of said here about, you know, going back to, to your roots, you know, your mission, your vision, your values, right. And, you know, talking with the organization and just, for me, it's just asking a ton of questions, right. Really digging in, figuring out, you know, like, Abby said, the soul of your company, what, what your people believe in, and also to Jeff, you know, figuring out the why. Why are you here? Is this something you love? Is it because you had nothing else to do? You know, what is, what is the why? And, and kind of digging into that piece of it and pulling out, you know, some of the unique differentiators and really kind of trying to bring those to the top and, and, and set you, you know, what sets you apart from your competition? What, what sets you apart from, you know, the average, you know, widget company or integration firm over there and, and kind of honing in on that. And, and that's how I go about it, but <laughs> it's different with everyone, right? Well, and Kelly brought up the idea of asking lots of questions, which segs kind of nicely into uh, one of our last questions, more on the hard data end of things, you know, doing market research or customer research, you know, the, these are vital. And I'm sure all of the C officers and owners that are listening to the show that aren't the marketing folks are like, what's with all the navel gazing and figuring out whys and, and, you know, souls of company, like, tell me how to do this. Give me numbers, give me facts, give me dollar amounts. That that's what they like. And that's where marketing sometimes has a hard time internally. So um, <laughs> let's talk about some market and customer research. Um, you know, real quickly, we're running out of time, but what are some good ways to get into that? Uh, you know, analytics, is it, is it um, old school customer, uh, you know, um, roundtables, getting, you know, going out and doing classes at Infocom, ISE, uh, NSCA, wherever, and saying, okay, what do you think about this? Focus groups, you know, what, what, what are the ways to do our market and, and customer research? Uh, Abby, I think you looking eager there, maybe? Um, yeah, sure. I'll jump in here. Um, I, this is what I do and it, this might be old school, but about every quarter I look at who was our most ideal customer. We have two very different sides of our company. We have live event production and we have uh, sales and integration. Um, I go and I look at our ideal customers of that quarter and I go take them out to coffee and I say, what, what, what do you do every day? What are your strengths, weaknesses? What are your what are you struggling with? You know, how did we fill that for you? Um, how did we do overall? Because sometimes those conversations are better had with somebody that they haven't been working with. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I really sit down and try to get to know them. Sometimes I buy them a drink so that I get a real, real, you know, and, and just have a conversation that, that is, how did we do and how, how else can we help you? And what are people just like you struggling with? Because I think that understanding, yeah, okay, we deal with it directors, but are IT directors overwhelmed? Are they feeling good about their job? Are they more techie? I mean, there's so many different ways to look at them without putting them in a box um, altogether. And, and I found that those conversations have led to creating a different kind of persona than what I thought they were going to be. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. 
Um, Sarah, how about with your company? You know, what, what do you do for market research or for customer research to sort of uh, hone in on that? We do a few things. So we do look at industry reports and training from Avixa, NSCA, PSNI, as well as our vendors. They're certainly doing that as well. Uh, we look at economic indicators in the various geographies to tell us, hey, you know, House of Worship is doing great in this market. It's not in this. And so we, we shift our efforts and those sorts of things. Obviously, trade shows like Infocom and ISC and NAB, like you mentioned, um, but certainly the client feedback, uh, similar to what Abby said, where we're really talking to the customer, um, getting their feedback on a very great rhythm, um, and also connecting with sales. They're in the field. They see a lot of uh, what's what the needs are, and so really getting with that group regularly and um, supporting them is, is a great tool for us as well. Great. Jeff? I think there's a lot that brands can do uh, digitally. Uh, you can look at uh, social media is a great uh, driver of traffic to websites so you can see where that traffic's coming from. Sometimes you can even get direct messaging through some of the platforms, LinkedIn or Instagram or, or Twitter, whatever. There are, there are ways to see how that business comes to you, which I think is crucially important in understanding how your marketing is working. But I do think the second thing is actually don't be afraid to ask your customers. Uh, it's like Abby was just saying. Um, I, think, I, think, um, I think people can be a little bit put off by actually asking those questions. She's incredibly brave because if you, it, 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 I think a lot of people will think, oh, it's a bit needy to ask my customer why they like me. You know, it kind of, it, it just feels a little unusual as a social situation. But I, I do think if you can get beyond that, you can get some real gems in terms of feedback and understanding about how they feel, not just about, about what works and why they buy from you, but about your brand and what it stands for and what it means to them. Right. And of course, Kelly, uh, you know, market research and customer research, they're kind of vital. Uh, do you have any tips or suggestions, ways to go about it that haven't been mentioned by our fabulous guests? I don't think so. I mean, you guys pretty much covered all the bases, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it is, I mean, talking to the customer, asking them, because we get so, I think we get so bogged down just by day-to-day -day work that we kind of forget, oh, yeah, maybe we should actually pick up the phone and call them or go take them out for a drink or have coffee or something, um, you know, and, and pick their brains. Because I think, I think at the end of the day, our customers want that, right? Like, they're excited to share their feedback and their likes and dislikes and what what their pain points are and, and because they want help too. And it makes them feel special, I guess, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term. Right. You know, so they love a free lunch. Right. <laughs> exactly. So it's, you know, they, they love it and you get basically free advice <laughs> straight from the horse's mouth. So it's, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's like, the most important part is probably talking to them or right. potential customers, you know, but the reports and everything are important too, especially when you're dealing with a larger territory. <laughs> For sure. Well, I, I guess kind of in wrap up, we, you know, we talked about a lot of things here, um, attainable goals, brand identities, return on investment, market research, and the common thread that I think sort of ran through all of these answers um, is that need for connection, that need for person to person, face to face, maybe phone to phone, you know, uh, having a real connection with your customer, with your um, ideal customers, and also 
you need to do a lot of thought, whether it's thinking about what your goals are and really coming to a state of understanding what you need and who, who you need to work with to get that, whether it's determining what, as Abby says, the soul of your company is to develop your brand. Sorry, CEOs, sorry, uh, owners out there listening to this, but there is a lot of navel gazing that you're going to have to be engaged in. There may not be exact metrics from your marketing department from that, but I think the greater return would be there. And, uh, and we did talk about how to get some numbers from that. Um, so I, th- I think at the end of the day, the, the short version of this show is there is no shiny new 2020 way of marketing. It all goes back to that, you know, first caveman trading something with another caveman and shaking his hand kind of um, human to human relation. Marketing folks listening and watching, your jobs are safe from the robots, at least till they learn that. I guess we're wrapping up on time here. I'm getting the, the, the light from our uh, producer there that we're running out of time. So as is tradition here on AV Nation, we're going to run around the horn here with our guests and let everyone know um, where folks can find you online, in person, or uh, on the socials. Uh, we'll start with Abby since you've been here before. You can let Sarah and, uh, and Jeff know how we do this. Abby, where can folks find you and or Corey's AV? You can find Corey's Audiovisual at Corey'sAudiovisual.com or at CoreyAV on all channels of, of social media. And you can find me. I don't have a lot of interesting things to say, but it's at Abby R. Wolf with an E on the end. Thank you so much for coming today, Abby. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Sarah, where can folks find you or Conference Technologies? You bet. Uh, conferencetech.com or at CTIAV. Um, and I'll be at ISC next week if anyone's there. I don't know when this is airing, but uh, we'd love to connect with you there um, and at LinkedIn. So thanks for having me. Fantastic. Thanks for coming out. And uh, Jeff, where can folks find you or Wildwood PR? So we're wildwoodpr.com and across all the social channels that uh, you'd like to find any self-respecting PR firm. Um, I'm at Jeff Wildwood on most platforms. Uh, we're at IC. We're sponsoring the IC press office next week, so we'll be there for the duration. Uh, happy hour drinks every day, I think. Yes, every day. So I'll be there. Have fun. Enjoy IC, and we look forward to seeing you there. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm always happy to have folks from EMEA and other parts of the world on the show. We're not just an American or Canadian uh, industry here. We are worldwide and, and, and folks like Jeff coming on and, and sharing a different perspective is fantastic. Thank you. Uh, Kelly, my lovely co-host, where can folks find you or Kelly Perkins Consulting or NSCA Ignite? Uh, Ignite, NSCA Ignite, igniteyourcareer.org. Um, and then... Just on the on the social, Kelly P. Perkins, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Kelly P. Perkins at gmail.com for email inquiries. But um, thank you, Dawn. Absolutely. And of course, I am Dawn Mead. I took the jump to the, the uh, end user side of things, and I work in the government sector. So I can't tell you where I work. I'd have to kill you. But you can always find me on social media at AVDawn on the Twitters and the Instas and the everything else. Or you can find me, Dawn Mead, with an E on the end, just like uh, Abby Wolf there, um, on LinkedIn and, and other platforms like that. You can also always find me here on avnation.tv, where uh, I host this show. I sometimes crop up on AV Week. And of course, I thank our fabulous underwriters and sponsors for making all of these shows possible. Visit the avnation.tv site and check them out. Thank you all so much for watching and listening to February's AV Social. Bye-bye.